The football season isn't over quite yet, and Bet365 offer a wide range of bets, including first, last, and any time goal scorers. And with over 45 million members, it's the world's favourite online betting company. With FA Cup, Champions League and Europa League still to be played, you can use Bet365 Bet Builder to combine match results, players to score, number of goals and a lot more to create your own personalised bet. Use the Bet365 Match Live feature to follow every moment through live graphics and text. Bet365 is the world's favourite online betting company. The app is downloadable from Google Play and Apple App Store, over 18s only, and please... Gamble responsibly. Hello and welcome to From the Rookerin, brought to you by The Athletic. And, well, you probably felt this all week and it's, it seemed to be inevitable and the inevitable did turn up. Watford have been relegated from the Premier League after a 3-2 defeat away at Arsenal. My name is John, with me is Mike. Hi, John. Uh, DCW. Hello. And Geordie. Watcha. <laughs> Watcha. Michael, I, I've been getting myself in this headspace, I think, all week. I think that's part of my uh, defence mechanisms as a human being. Where are you at at this at this moment in time as a Watford fan? It feels very, very raw at the moment. I think like you, I'll come to terms with it quite a long time ago, actually. I've been of the belief that this, this team isn't good enough to stay in the Premier League. They haven't been good enough for enormous parts of this season. And since we've come back from lockdown, they've shown absolutely no sign of being able to pull together enough performances to get out of it. So... On one level, I, I've been accepting it, but it doesn't make it any easier. You just saw it flash up on, on Sky Sports a couple of minutes ago in the top top left-hand corner, Watford relegated, and it, yeah, it kicks you in the, the gut. It's that punch, the reality of it actually happening is, you know, really sad. It's it's deeply, deeply disappointing. And yeah, it's, I don't really know how to describe it. It's Knowing that it was likely doesn't make it any easier. It's just so, so disappointing that uh, we've had... It felt like we earned a massive opportunity five years ago when we came up uh, and it looked like we were going to take advantage of it. We've done things year on year that have got better and better and better. By no means the finished article. And then this year it feels like, I was going to say it slipped through our fingers, but it seems much more dramatic than that. It feels a little bit like this team has thrown away a legacy at this time. That's what it feels like to me. We've had a massive chance. And this team, and I do, I say team for a reason. I think this... I love this club. I love Watford. Um, I love what it's done for us. I love what it does for my family. I love what it does for everyone listening. But I think this team need to recognise what they are. And that is huge failures this evening. They have let themselves down and they've let us down. And yeah, I'm just deeply, deeply disappointed. It feels like we've missed a massive opportunity. The opportunity was missed today. There's another season to come. There's always another season for Watford. And we'll discuss that season and what might happen in terms of the squad and the manager uh, in, in upcoming podcasts. Uh, so don't worry about that. So we, let, let's talk about today, though, DCW. Uh, it was a 3-2 defeat. And if, you know, that's a, a great scoreline. Anyone who wasn't a Watford fan or an Arsenal fan will go, cool, I bet that was a fun game. It was actually more fun to watch than I thought it was going to be. Well, I, I, I see what you mean, yeah. And I, I had a lot of text messages through the game actually saying, oh, this game's crazy. Saw people on Twitter saying it's absolute chaos at Arsenal. Can't believe what I'm seeing. 
But it wasn't really fun, was it? Not for us, especially when you again. I mean, we, we were we were three 0 down again, weren't we? Yeah. How many times has that happened this season? And we conceded a penalty in, in within 90 seconds, I think. Uh, we kind of had a bit of a debate. You can say it should it was harsh or, or what, but look, I, I think if it was down the other end, I'd probably be shouting at the TV saying, why, why hasn't VAR had a, looked at, had a look at it? So it, it wasn't fun. And it, it was actually, it was inevitable what happened today. I actually didn't think we were going to get battered despite going down 3-0. You knew there was always going to be a moment where you believed this bunch were always going to make you believe only to <laughs> fail and fall yeah. at the final fence. And that's what they've done. They've done it consistently all season. They've thrown away points. We can go back through the season and look at so many moments and you can try and pin it on the goal at Villa in the last minute. You can try and pin it on the goal we conceded at home to Everton. You can try and pin it on any number of errors, own goal at Brighton from Mariapa. But the accumulation of all those errors is what's happened today, a team that's not good enough and didn't deserve to stay in the Premier League. It's worse than that, though, because you can, you can pin it on this afternoon. Watford should have won that game comfortably, despite going 3-0 down. Arsenal were absolutely wide open from minute one, and Watford looked better in the first 20 minutes than they p- potentially have done all season, with a couple of notable exceptions. Watford should have won that game today, and should have won it at a canter. Geordie looked at the, the expected goals before, and it, after the game, and Arsenal was, what, one point something, Watford was four point something. And that, that is, whatever you think of XG, that's the reality of that game. Watford had chance after chance after chance, and failed to take it. Probably they had, because they were a little bit desperate. But to find themselves 3-0 down, Absolutely calamitous defending. And I've heard the phrase championship defence or championship defending banded around a lot. That won't stand up in the championship defending like that. To let Aubameyang sort of just stand in front of you and score an overhead kick from, from six yards out, albeit Dawson might have been a little bit sort of burnt by the penalty, is it's quite frankly, it was pathetic. But what happened then is Watford went on to carve out enough chances to win the game. And, and it sums up Watford's season perfectly. There is the talent in that side to stay in the Premier League. There isn't the desire and there isn't the application. And you can look at all the games that preceded today. Ultimately, they only had to do it today. And it was arguably the best chance today since they came back from lockdown. The easiest opportunity, I would say, for points. And I count Norwich in that because that was a nervy, nervy evening at, at Vicarage Road. We went 1-0 down. Arsenal were wide open, one eye on the F- FA Cup final, Watford could have won that game comfortably and should have won it comfortably and they haven't and they've been relegated Geordie, the fact that we should have won that game comfortably, is that making you annoyed? Angry? Or what on this last this last game of the season? I'm not really feeling anything with any particular emotion dominating to be honest I think it, the, 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 the weird thing about this season is we've, we've been through disappointment You know, doing this podcast with you know, the Playoff against Hull, um, playoff semi-finals with Palace, you know, losing to Leeds on the last day. There's been there's been umpteen kind of disappointments, but it, it's generally been a positive season where you've there's been one moment where you think that dive, that bad refereeing decision has cost us. I've had texts from friends saying, "Oh, you know, Arsenal friends saying sorry." And I'm like, "You didn't relegate us. No, you didn't relegate us. VR didn't relegate us." VAR for, for Villa didn't relegate us. We've done this all by ourselves. We can be proud <laughs> of our achievement because we have. This is this is not on anyone else. This is this is a a problem and a relegation that is purely WD eighteen. This is this not. We can't look at any. Not any, the YouTube channel. <laughs> <laughs> no, 
<laughs> no, no, Sorry, no. Jacob. It's no, not, no, not blaming no, you. No, no. <laughs> the, the postcode. Uh, zero ER, is it? Or something like that. <laughs> just to kind of, that that's where the problem lies. That, it, it, there's been decisions made. And, and if you're a player, you can make a mistake in a game and rectify it in the same game. If you're a manager, you might not be able to call on a player, you know. And if you're senior management, your decisions can t- or your mistakes uh, can can take a season or two to manifest, but then it, they, they take a lot longer to, to to fix. And I think at every level, we've made mistakes this season and we've gone down by a point. I mean, it, it, is, it is almost as if anybody had done their job a bit better, they would have bailed everyone else out. But nobody could do it, and it and it feels like um, you know in a dream almost where you can see something happening, but you're too far away or you can't change it. And as a fan, that's what it's felt like. We've seen this coming, and all the way through the season, I thought you know we'll probably be able to get out of it. You know, earlier in the season, we're still good enough to get. It's only like ten games in. There's still plenty of season left. Okay, Kike's had a bad run, but you know, Pearson's coming. We should be okay. And it's only really after the kind of insipid performance against West Ham, where oh yeah, yeah, okay. You're 3-0 down. Like today, there's no point playing well when you're 3-0 down. You mentioned West Ham. I'll take you back to West Ham at home. And oh. that's when... And this team, this team in, I think we're right to look... There's an in-depth conversation and everyone will be having them up and down, or if you're interested in Watford, about um, about the director of football, about the, the signings we've made and so on and so forth. This side, I don't care what anyone says, is good enough for the Premier League, to, or certainly to say in it. It is good enough. Uh, that, for me, that's, that's, that's not, not debatable. The alarm bell should have been ringing, not in in the executive boxes or in the or in the boardroom, but in the dressing room. The first game of the season, yeah. rolled over by you know a Brighton side who are fine, rolled over at home in the next game. What you do if you lose three 0 at home in the in your first game of the season? What you don't do is concede three in the next game if you've got anything about you. They did exactly that. They got bullied by West Ham, who have survived by the skin of their teeth as well. So the alarm bells were ringing. And they should have been ringing for a football for a team back then. Ben Foster came out and spoke of how the, you know the hangover hasn't really lifted from last year. I can't really describe what's going on in the confidence. This was back in August. It's now we're nearly in August again. He's saying the same things again, and there is a wider conversation to have. But today, I think we're all hurting, and I think eyes need to be firmly on that troop of players trudging off the pitch. Some of whom will skip gaily away from Vicarage Road will never look back, some of whom will be hurting, some of whom will be indifferent. But all of them have been abject in one way or another this season. And the fact that they weren't able to rile themselves to get an extra point from somewhere, an extra win from somewhere. This is the Premier League. I understand it's difficult. You're always playing against 11 other very, very talented people. You know, these are elite athletes, so it's not easy. But this team is good enough to be better than they were. And they, I think, for me... I think they've been a disgrace. I think this this team is capable of so much more, and I think they, quite frankly, I think they should be ashamed of themselves. But that that's the thing for me. We watched them on 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 a, generally a Saturday. Obviously, days 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 change, but generally on on match day. And you're right, the, the team did well last year, and really the additions haven't been uh, huge. So there is something invisible, intangible for us fans to see, a malaise or or. or not some bad apples. I don't even you know. Start pointing fingers. There's something within the club that has led to people underperforming at various levels. There is attitude and application. You, you, if you if you leave a deadline to the last minute and you're at work, whatever, some you can pull it out of the bag. You can get it done over the line if you care enough. You can do it, or you can not. 
And I'm not suggesting that they'd go out and losing on purpose. And I do think you're right, and I don't want to be reductive in this, because I think there are decisions that have gone wrong in every corner of the of the club this season, and I think everyone would recognise that. But I just think the attitude and the application has been lacking from the first time we set on set foot on the pitch at the start of the season, and it was never righted. And I think as a group of players, as a group of professional athletes, you either get yourself together and you pull yourself out of it, or you don't. And it's not because they're not able, they've been unwilling. And that's why I feel so badly let down. And that's why I feel that we need to be, they need, we need, we need to be laser focused on that lot for a bit. And I think they need to feel the, the heat. We support Watford, we support the club, we always will, we're not going anywhere. Um, so, but we can support the club, but be, be critical of the team. And I, you know, I've held back on, on Twitter for the last couple of weeks because we're still in it. We still could have stayed up. But now I think, you know, there's been a lot of talk about Filippo Giraldi, a lot of talk about, about who's come in and why, why did we sign Craig Dawes? We didn't sign anyone else. Well, maybe we're not, that wasn't a, a that, that wasn't a team that's going to, that's going to qualify for Europe. It was a team that's good enough to stay in the Premier League and perhaps good enough isn't, isn't good enough. And how we hang on and these low knees come back next season. That looks like it was the gamble. I think we as supporters have to allow ourselves this moment of being critical of what has been a disgraceful performance from this group of players for the majority of the season. And Geordie, you're right, you know, we always look like we could get out of it, but we always look like we could get out of it on paper because these are decent players and we know what they're all capable. Nine times out of time, nine times out of ten when they've set foot on the pitch, they've looked pathetic. They've looked absolutely feeble. And yes, confidence builds into it. And yes, a head coach turbulence builds into it. But I don't think they've taken enough responsibility for me. And I think a huge, huge amount of the blame needs to be focused on the players. And I, I think we're entitled to that as supporters. You know, we're all 40-ish in this room. And we know better now than to... DCW's <laughs> so got a thing against that, yeah. So, <laughs> sorry, so I'm actually meant 40 stone. But, uh, <laughs> and you are very much in that bracket, DCW. So <laughs> Lockdown was, you know... Well. We know, we know we're old enough now not to hold these guys up as, as idols. We know that it's, it's tough. But I, th- I still feel, uh, from a, just from a sporting point of view, dreadful from these guys and I think I think they have failed and they are absolutely complicit they've been and they are the the biggest it sounds obvious but I think the reason I'm making this point and labouring the point is because I think there will be a lot of complaining about boardroom level decisions and, and transfers and stuff when I think we had a side that could have stayed in the division and they haven't and I think they we as fans deserve the, the, that moment to vent towards them they need to feel the heat from us we haven't been in the grounds for for however long, sort of since well February. What would, you, what would you be doing if you were there? If there was people, if, if you were in the stands today, and it was the last game of the season, what would your reaction be as they're walking off? It would have been the reverse holobus, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd have been trying to get onto the beach. I think. I think. They, I, th- I think Watford would have been. Would have been. I mean, I've been at the games, at the home games, working working for Opto, and I think in virtually, in, well, in every game, they'd have been booed off at half time, with the exception of Manchester City, where they actually showed a bit of application and desire. They were never going to get the result. That wasn't going to be booed off game. today, though. Um, at Arsenal, well, look, you sh- we all support Watford. We all and we all have that soft spot. We all have that sort of. We'll stick up for them, whatever. But I think it's it's a different. I would have been. Yeah, I'd have booed them off. Because I think they need to feel the heat from us. And, you know, we're all, you know, it's Monday tomorrow, we'll go to work or some of us go on holiday, we'll wake up and, and things will carry on. It's only, it is only football. But for us, it means a lot. 
it means an awful lot and I think we deserve to vent our frustration and and, and I'm, I've been appalled by this lot. And so, you know, booing sounds a bit pantomime, but I think they need to know that they've let down supporters, they've let down the club, they've let down the owners who have tried their best. And they've, and perhaps even more importantly, they've let down people at the club who may well find themselves out of a job in the, in the coming weeks. This is a big thing, Watford getting relegated. And we had to scrap and fight. You know, we've, we've fondly reminisced about how difficult it was to get promoted. And we did it. We we did it with some style in the end. But it's a battle, and there we have. So we had the golden egg in our in our laps. Um, the, the stadium's looking good. We've got decent players. The fans are happy. The money's coming in, and they've 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 thrown it away. It feels to me like they've thrown it away because for whatever reason, and there are there are myriad reasons why it's all gone wrong. But these players, man, they are they are a bad bunch. A bad, bad bunch. A podcast made by Watford fans fans for Watford fans from the rookery end. Geordie, you know, this is the fifth relegation as Watford fans of our age, at least. Uh, I know some of you might have seen fewer. Some of you might have seen more relegations for Watford. Where where does this one sit for you? You know, the first one we would have seen was 88. We saw relegation in 96 down to the third tier. We saw the relegations from the Premier League in 07, uh, 2000 and 2000 and 07, uh, as well as, as this year. Where does this one sit for you? Um, well, it's the most recent, so it's probably <laughs> the most raw. I'm kind of over um, the kind of 96 one now. I think I think 88 was, again, we were a lot younger, probably a lot more naive, hadn't known those of us who kind of started going in, in, the, in, the, in the early mid-80s, hadn't really known any failure at Watford. Um, so that was a bit of a shock. But uh, I, think, I think if, if we'd known it would take us nearly 30 years to get back with a team that could compete then it might have been and if, if I know that if, that if I knew that was going to be the case today I'd be a lot more disappointed than I am and it could could well be the case the frustration for me with this one is it's a relegation like Mike has said that shouldn't have happened you know when we went up with um, with, with uh, GT uh, you know it was a nice day out at Wembley but we knew we were up against it and we got results against Liverpool we got results against Chelsea but we didn't have the depth and the quality and the, it was a, essentially a third tier team that had got promoted, and then somehow got promoted again. And you know, it was, the luck wasn't going to last. With Boothroyd as well, you know, it, he was always very confident, but then Marlon King got injured, and again, we didn't have the investment, we didn't have the structure to kind of to, to, to have a go of it. So again, you know, we only finished one position above those teams um, this year. This season, you know, we, we were off the back of a cup final, relatively stable given obviously three games at least, you know, managerial position. It, it feels like it's, um, it, it's, it's a strange one. It, it feels uh, harder to take because you weren't expecting it. Um, it feels like more of a failure. Um, and I think Mike's right. The, you know, the players, ultimately the ones that are on the pitch. Um, but like I say, there's something, it feels like there's something intangible the thing that was there when we beat Liverpool the thing that was there when we turned the semi-final round there was some spirit that you can't just conjure up and and like I say to be consistently bad and only get relegated by the thinnest of margins shows really that we shouldn't be anywhere near that position yeah we might have finished in the bottom half but never bother like, you know, like most like most seasons have been in the Premier League you know we shouldn't ever be bothering the relegation uh, fight so it feels like, it, and and it feels like, you know, again to Mike's point, the foundation was there to to build something, and it feels like it's been thrown away. And I think 
the, in reality, you know, if we come up next year as champions or have a great season in the playoffs, we, we can say, well, we got rid of all the kind of deadwood, all the 30 pluses. We got a hungry young team in. And, it, and actually, relegation did us good. And I think there are people who think that's the case. Then you've got the other side of it, and you might say, well, it could take us 30 years to get back. You know, practically, and we could be dipping down into the third tier at some point before we go back up again. We've, it, and it's that not knowing what's going to happen. Mm. How serious is this going to be in the, in the life of Watford? You know, we've all got school-aged children or primary school children or preschool children. Have I? Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. well DCW, we've got a DNA to know. <laughs> yeah. how, how long will it be before we can take them to see a top flight game? And, that, and, and for me, it's the how serious is this going to be in the long run yeah. is, is, is how we're going to have to look back at it. Because we can look back at previous relegations and say, well... Yeah, we didn't expect to go up, uh, and you know, we came down. But the legacy of the relegation wasn't there. To Mike's point, there was something to build on. And the question is, have we thrown that away completely, or is this just a blip? And I think we'll look back at today in 10 years to determine how serious it was. You're right. I mean, I, I was my second year as a fan when we got relegated in 88 um i didn't understand until many years later actually what was bad about that relegation wasn't the fact that we went down in fact it was an absolute dismantling of what gt had achieved as our manager within a season the the two in the you know the two in the premier league before before now they were always inevitable and i think that because they were so far ahead you know, nothing came down to the last day. It was always, it was nice and slow and it wasn't too painful. Well, it wasn't too painful. And then the, the, the 96 one, interesting, but a Colin, who again, someone who's actually had more relegations of Watford fan than I have, maybe I think seven he's, he, he's had. The 96 one, I always felt being 16 years old, actually, GT's back, we'll be fine. He actually saw it as even worse. That was his, one of his least favourite because it was back down to the third tier where he had originally been a Watford fan. So the perspective of where these things are, I think, is of the time and where and what it means to you as a Watford fan in, in, in your, your history. But DCW, you know, with your work that you do at The Athletic, you, you know, you're part of a podcast account this week, which Adam hosted, uh, speaking about the business side of being relegated and the cost of being relegated. Who was on the podcast? It was... It was Matt Slater. It was Adam Crafton... And Adam. And uh, they discussed it, you know, before this actually was confirmed. Um, what is it? What's it going to mean? Do they, what, from the podcast you can download uh, right now from the Ornstein and Chapman uh, feed and podcast feed. But what is it? What is it going to mean to, to Watford, do you think? Well, it wasn't as bleak a picture as I thought it might be when listening to, to Matt Slater in particular, who really like knows the numbers, knows his finances and all that. The most recent set of Watford accounts, and they're always like a year behind because of the whole reporting counting process, our wages to turnover was 57%, which is not as bad as Bournemouth. I think they're about 88%, which, you know, obviously is a pretty serious situation for them. They've gone down as well. Just so we're clear on that, Bournemouth have gone down as well. <laughs> yeah, but the big thing is... No matter, you know, and, and since then, you know, we've signed a few more players, we've given a few more new contracts out, our wages could have crept up, and it's, it's still a lot of money going on to wait on wages, and there's, you know, there might, there may well be clauses in contracts or, or whatever that reduces them, we don't know, but, but the, but the, the big, the big problem facing Watford is that their main source of income has now been absolutely slashed in more than half, I think, because you've got the parachute payments, but that doesn't, you know, that, that's for three years, but that's on a sliding scale. So I think you get like 40%, 20%, 10% or something like that. Uh, listen to listen to the podcast. They know it better than me. But, you know, our, our main source of income is Premier League TV money. And we don't get that anymore. And the rest of our income is what? Gate receipts. 
I'm not going to get that for a while. It's commercial income through sponsorships and stuff. We're we're a less viable commercial property now that we're in a championship. Uh, it's hospitality. You're not getting any of that at games. You know, we've just we just got rid of a shirt manufacturer in Adidas and replaced them with a you know with a, a, an inferior brand. Maybe people won't want to buy the shirt as much. I don't know. All these little things they all add up. And the long and short of it is, we're going to get a lot less money through the door. And we're still potentially going to have to spend quite a lot of money if we want to be competitive in the championship. Comparing this relegation to the previous relegations, there is more at stake financially here after having five years as a Premier League club than there ever has been before. You look at the two previous Premier League campaigns, we were up there for one season, didn't spend much money really in the grand scheme of things in either of those seasons. And we were you know, we knew it was coming. We had time to prepare for, for being back in the championship both times within a good few months at the end of the season, really. And both what happened after those two seasons, twice we nearly went out of business. In like 2002, after Viali and all that, we, we were people outside the ground with buckets asking for donations to save the club. And before the Pozzos came in in sort of 2011, 2012, we were, we were up against it again. And... Who knows if we could be in that situation again? I, I think we've got a more stable ownership now than we did in, under both of those two previous regimes. But just look at the championship. How many teams bounce back at the first time of asking? A lot of people give it a big go. Villa were really lucky to get back up in their third season. If they didn't get up in that third season, they would have been in big trouble. So giving it a big go, that, that says to me... Go and spend a lot it means, of money. Well, it means it means spending money. It means retaining players on on high wages if you can. The Pozzos aren't going to do that. Probably not. But but if you want to, it's hard, the point is it's it's hard to get back up quickly. And the longer it takes, the longer you'll be. You know, the long the more you have, the bigger chance you have of being down there for a long time. Look at the Championship. How many teams are in there that have been in the Premier League for years and just can't get out of it? Middlesbrough. Stoke were there for nearly a decade. Hull have just been relegated. Wigan have just been relegated. Fulham are in the playoffs, but you know they're struggling. Nottingham Forest have been nowhere near for years. It took Leeds 16 years to get back in the Premier League. They went down to League One for a few seasons. I could go on. There's more clubs that are just mired down there. And they can't get out. And that's that's the concerning thing about we'll be fine, as Mike says, and we've all said, we'll all be there, we'll all go to the matches, but it could take a long time for us to get out of this. This isn't the time to be rubbing your hands with glee. Uh, uh, you know, well, we'll, I'm looking forward to winning games again, I'm looking forward to the away days, I'm looking forward to loot. All things that in isolation, yeah, I, I, I understand that. But from a club's point of view, and it goes back to what I was saying at the top of the top of the podcast, we've thrown away a massive opportunity here. We have managed to, and we have contrived to get ourselves relegated, and we now face crunch time for the club. You know, we, we, we talk about how long it's taken us to get back up, and we've we've talked over the 10 years of this podcast. We started off in the Championship, we're ending our 10th year back in it, unfortunately, but we've talked about it throughout, about how lucky we've been to see the things we've seen. And you can always almost use Arlo, my son, as a as a as a gauge for how lucky we've been in this recent history with, with Watford. He's seen Watford go up. He's seen Watford in an FA Cup semi-final. He's seen him in an FA Cup final. He's seen us beat Liverpool. He's seen us beat Manchester United. He's seen us almost do everything in the line. And that's in eight years. And then if you look at other clubs and the ones that DCW just listed off there who have been struggled in the in the championship, they are bigger clubs than Watford. They have more history. They have more access to a bigger supporter base. They have bigger infrastructure. They have more opportunity than Watford. And the reality is for Watford that it's very easy for our luck to run out as a player in football. And 
you know, I will never ever lose sight of the fact, and I've been talking to Arlo all week, it doesn't matter if we go down. What I love about football is what we're doing today. Arlo's here um, playing with your with your kids, John, and we're here and we've had a good time. And everything throughout the podcast is meeting people and enjoying football through people. And that will never change. But we have to accept that we care about Watford deeply enough that their stature means something to us. It, we, it, it counts for us. And there is a reality and there is a possibility that that stature could be diminished permanently or at least for a very long time. Of course, we might bounce back. And this time next year, well, hopefully earlier than this time next year, we'll all be celebrating. We'll be back on the beers. But the reality is that it's this is far from certain now what happens. And it's down to the fact that we've let it slip through our fingers. And that's what the that's where the frustration is. I mean, I've seen it coming a mile off. And the fact they weren't able to drag themselves back is is regrettable and disappointing from a footballing point of view. But look forward down the track, two, three, four, five, ten, fifteen, twenty years. It's not inconceivable that Arlo will never see Watford Duck in the Premier League in his life. It just it, because that's the way football is and sport is. And that's just what I find sad about it. It's just it's just slipped through our fingers and now isn't the time to, to now is the time to relish it next year, but also not. Because we need to not kid ourselves that we are now up against it for a whole host of reasons. And I've I've said how disappointed I am with the players. I think they're lamentable. And but now through no fault of their own really, it's up to the board and the owners to get it right. And they've got six weeks before the season starts again. So what does that actually give them a fortnight, really, to get on manoeuvres and get this right in terms of head coach, in terms of personnel, in terms of balancing the books and getting rid of some of this deadwood that we've wanted out for ages and they've wanted out for even longer. How we how we deal with their contracts and get them off the wage bill. How we get people coming in that are going to supplement the existing side. What we do with players who are out on loan. What we do with players that we want to keep but want to go somewhere else. This is a massive, massive job and the whole situation with this season makes it even worse and even more precarious. And, you know, I'm raring to go again already, but we cannot underestimate what a disaster this could be. And we've got, I think we've, there's no, there's no point in pretending not to be upset and worried because the future is now incredibly uncertain. We'll be there. There will be football to watch one way or the other and we hope it goes well. But let's not kid ourselves. That oh, we're, right, we're back in the championship now. Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, away days. Luton at home and away, brilliant. Bring it on. It's an absolute pig of a division. Um, and Dave's reeled off all the all the considerations there. How they sort this squad out is 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 it makes my head hurt just just thinking about it. Um, so I think we again we need to cut ourselves a bit of slack, allow ourselves to be worried. Uh, but we've got nothing, no choice, have we? We're going to go again and. Gino, Scott, Giraldi, all those guys, this is, this is massive for them. And the, of course, the other question is, and I've got not casting any aspersions, how much do they fancy it? How much do they fancy it? You know, Udinese, this is their first relegation, I, I think. Um, Udinese have stayed up, they've beaten Juventus. Their players, four of Watford, four from Watford, I hasten to add, pulled their socks up and beat Juventus, who our lot weren't able to. Do does Gino Pozzo and 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 those guys look at it and think we've delivered a good enough squad here and they haven't done it so this isn't this isn't for us I don't know 
So these are all questions that are flying around my head. You asked me, John, how I'm feeling at the top of the top of the podcast, and really disappointed, really let down, and and really worried. Excited for the start of the season, yeah, but the first three outweigh the the second one at the moment. <laughs> This has been a podcast after the last game of the season where Watford have been relegated and you're not getting away with your negativity. Put your positive hats on, lads. We are going to be looking at all those big questions and all the, the things that we have and those worries that we have as this podcast. That's what the whole thing's been about, really, is us here talking about Watford and sharing our thoughts. And by doing so, it helps us a little bit and doesn't make us as worried. But we've always wanted to learn a bit more, and we've got a couple of podcasts we work on at the moment. Geordie has been um, categorising all the Watford players in terms of who stays, who goes, who needs to uh, show us what they've got. Uh, and that's going to be a, a one podcast we'll do about the squad. We'll also do another podcast uh, this week uh, with Alex Stewart uh, from the TIFO brand. You can see them on YouTube, uh, part of The Athletic. Um, they are very deep analytical fellas. Uh, and we are trying to find a sensible manager for Watford. We've given Alex uh, a list of criteria, and he's going to hopefully kind of track down somebody he thinks will be the perfect man for Watford. Uh, and 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 that's what we'll see. We'll see how that one goes, and see who who we end up getting. But we want to say thank you to you uh, for listening to to this year. Uh, it's been fantastic doing the podcast as it always is, uh, and this being our tenth season was was extra special for us. Um, it's extra special because uh, we started our little relationship with the Athletic, uh, which has certainly expanded what we can do, and we hope to expand on that even further over the next season and many many years to come. So thank you for that. But boys, we normally do a top ten of the season on this last podcast. I'm not quite sure if we get to 10, but we're going to see how far we can get. We're going to start with one and see if we can get to 10. Number one on this list is everything the club did for the NHS during the COVID-19. There's nothing wrong. That's the most Watfordy thing the club did this year. It was beautiful to see the reactions and knowing that the club was using what it has to help the people who need it at that point in the hell that was the lockdown and the pandemic, which is still going on, of course. But what else? Can we get to five? Do you think we get to five, Mike? You're looking at the wrong person there, mate. <laughs> looking at the wrong person there. I mean, I would say just on the NHS front, I spoke to someone at the, uh, I think it was on Friday uh, this weekend, who is a radiographer and works in the trust that including Watford. Watford General, and the way she spoke about what Watford had done was incredible. It's quite emotional, really, quite moving. She was evidently quite touched by it. And what for us people outside off the front line, I don't think we quite understand what a horrendous situation it was and remains to be. And opening up Vicarage Road as they called it a sanctuary, and that's what she said it actually was to be able to get away from that hospital just a few yards away. And just sit in relative comfort and tranquility of Vicarage Road and get away from it all and gather their sort thoughts as they go back in to that front line, trying to save people's lives, fighting, having to deal with the most horrendous situations possible. So it really struck home just this weekend, actually, just how important that was and what Watford did. And they didn't have to do that. You'd have been disappointed if they hadn't, but... But you'd have been disappointed if you'd, you'd, it's a great thing for them to have done. And I think I've said. We've supported a terrible team this season, 
But we mustn't ever forget that we support a wonderful club. And that has been evident throughout this, this disastrous season. Players have let us down, but so many elements of this wonderful club haven't. And I think you're right. I think we just need to take huge amounts of pride in that. We mentioned GT, I think, probably at least in every podcast, at least in every other. But that ethos is so important for me as you know, my family and everyone watches football. And for that to be burning bright, that's kind of... That transcends what happens on the pitch. And I think we shouldn't, none of us, you know, we're all feeling glum tonight or tomorrow whenever you're listening to it. And we should all not shy away from recognising we support a crap football team, but we support a magnificent club. And I think we should all take great, great amount of pride in that. Okay, that's one. (laughs) That's one. And you made it more than one, but it's definitely the number one thing. DCW, come on, what, what have you got for me? I mean, the emergence of Ismail Assar, I think, has got to be taken as a huge positive from this season. It was great to see a young player come over here and he still is a very young man a very young player still looks every inch it's great to see him burst onto the scene and have those moments where he's changed games and he scored goals and particularly that high point that game against Liverpool which you know you can have as another one on the list uh, was a fantastic moment and it's it's bittersweet though because if we'd been able to do a bit more around him and not and support him better I feel sorry for him in a way because the cameras have been on him all season and it's a lot to bear for a young man, a lot of weight on his shoulders. He's been carrying us really all season, hasn't he? But but in isolation, I think yeah. his his season has been a real positive and it's been the, the moments of joy that we've had this season in isolation have pretty much been because of what he's done on the pitch. Yeah, I said earlier on, I thought we seem to be very dependent on him at the moment in very much early on in the season, we were very much dependent on Delefeu, or at least they didn't have anyone else with them to sort of hold on to the attackingness of the club or the team. When they were together though, it was great. Maybe that was another factor. Geordie, come on, give us a positive. It's, it's difficult to have a positive that doesn't... Have give a, me a positive, a, give a, me a positive. Immediate negative. I mean, no, um, uh, no, Davis talked about the Liverpool game. You know, It is possible that someone's been to three Watford games this year, seen us put away Liverpool, Man United and Bournemouth 3-0. <laughs> you know, and I think you know th- there have been the odd blips. Most of our seasons in the Premier League have been like a tale of two halves or periods of you know, abject runs, but rescued by... A good start to the season, or enough, getting enough to get us over the line. This year, there's been the absence of that, but there has been again, which only only adds to the frustration. The odd, you know, staccato moments where we have put teams away and and, and hit our tune, and you know, there's, there's, those are three games that, that, but you know, for every one of them. Yeah, that's not positive, Jordan. You're not doing a very good job with this. No, they were. I mean, that you have to say, you have to say the Liverpool game as there was a massive high. Yeah, yeah, of course, it is. That's an easy win. I'm challenging you guys to find some positives. Yeah. I think the run. I think that run of, of where because you know we were. It's easy to forget. You know, it came down to a potentially a, was it a goal in the end? Really, if West if um, West Ham had won and we if well, West Ham had got a goal and we'd have got a goal, mm-hmm. we'd have, we'd have stayed up. So it and for us, you know, I remember John. We watched the Norwich game here. We were sat on nine points. Halfway through the season, pretty much. So I think that that run where Nigel Pearson, who seems like a distant memory already, bizarrely, doesn't he? Um, getting, you know, that run around about Christmas, CCW made the point to me the other day when I was getting stuck into how bad this side were, that actually they did put a bit of consistency together over that Christmas period. And that showed some guts. You know, we stuck, we put away Wolves, Bournemouth away, Villa at home comfortably, Man United, Liverpool. Troy scores a penalty against Tottenham. We've, yeah. we've beaten we've beaten Spurs again, and we probably could count ourselves unlucky not to do the double against against Tottenham. Yeah. So that little chunk of games served as 
some a bit a bit of light relief and did show. Well, the thing that... is, my, that's the, I think that's you know we talk about all the different relegations. The reason I think this is the worst one for me is because those games gave me hope. Yeah, and, and none of the others really truly had hope, or at least the hope never really kicked off in most of those other relegations. It's the fact that we had that hope, and the, the annoying thing is the fact that that hope was such a long time ago, and it never ever really came back. Maybe for a couple of seconds when we had some different possibilities of what could happen this afternoon, but it was it was microseconds since the return of the of the, uh, of the Premier League. Another positive, Penyaranda scored, <laughs> <laughs> and what a goal it was yeah. against Coventry! Yeah, yeah, absolutely, another youth youthful player. What's your favourite win, though, Mike? Your favourite win? Um. I'm actually going to say uh, the Newcastle one because we looked dead and buried at half-time again and what I needed to see from this Watford side if we were going to get out of it, I've been down on them for a long time and what I had to see was some sort of belief that they had the belief, the willingness to, to really battle it through and after an abject performance against Newcastle in a, what was a must-win game, they actually turned it around really really well they dug in and and and, and turned in a, a decent second half performance and I remember after the game we were all feeling pretty positive it felt like we turned the corner and might have done done enough bearing in mind how badly everyone else was doing so I thought at the time so it's it, a, a weird one to suggest that in Newcastle but um Wolves as well was a was a big one they showed some I'm going to, going to say owners, but I can't. <laughs> they showed some. Um, they showed some backbone to get, to get that one over the line. My favourite was Bournemouth away, yeah. and I think there was a moment where yeah. the 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 chant for Nigel Pearson sort of really took yeah. took itself there. But there was that moment at the end of the game yeah. where there's Pearson and the, the picture of Pearson and Chalabar like lifting their fists up, and as every time they did it, up went the Watford fans. Very little on field. Joy, though, is the bottom line. I think, uh, you know, there's a reason that number one it was the off-field, and that went on long enough. That you know, it's well, let's not let's not let's not dress it up. There was there's been where again we've been lucky. We've been treated some of those magic moments. There are teams who will not beat Liverpool, probably in the rest of their history, and we've done it again. Little old Watford have done it again. So we've had some of those moments, but they've been far too few and far between. I think we'd be doing ourselves and the listeners a disservice if we tried to look back with too much fondness. It's like watching, it's like when you get the end of season review out of habit, even though you've been relegated on six points or something, people will still do it, but it's pointless. You know, this, I think it's very, very difficult to find anything that, that's gone our way. We've looked like a relegation candidate from minute one. Things have gone against us. No, VAR. we're doing positives. We know that already. So look, we can't dress it no, up. No, we can't. We can't. Deep, deeply, deeply disappointing with all too few highlights. They gave us brief hope, which... After the start we had, I think, uh, deserves a, a modicum of credit. But having manoeuvred themselves into that position to throw it away post-lockdown, and I will caveat that with saying, you know, I know how difficult lockdown has been for me personally. It's been a lot harder for other people near and close to us. And it's has it will have an impact on everyone in different ways. And, you know, head coaches, managers, footballers, people that work at football clubs are no different to that. So... We've said, oh, they've been rubbish post-lockdown. And, well, actually, they're human beings and there could be other reasons for that. It is, they go to work just like we go to work. And this has been a difficult, difficult period for the world, not just for us and not just for us watching Watford. So, you know, we have to throw that into the mix and sort of give them some credit. They've been dealing with this, small kids and travel and lots of logistical issues. So it's been a very, very difficult season. Um, So it's worth just recognising that. To find to find positives on field positives is 
I, I, don't, I, don't, hard. I don't think it's the right thing to do either. Okay. I just don't think it's the right thing to do. Thanks nice try, though, John. You know, well, you know, I always try. Uh, thank you very much, Geordie. Thank you. Uh, thank you, DCW. Bring on Luton, come on. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Michael. Thank you. Can I just echo what John said earlier? Just a, it is our 10th year. We've, we've done it. We started in the Championship, ended up in the Championship, and we've got an incredible 10 years. And down mainly because of everyone's listening to it and the feedback we've had, it means a great deal to everyone. We've got a big squad that's grown over the years as we've we've done it. We call each other really close friends now. And it's a massive, massive thing. And the fact that Watford has delivered this for us, even on this deeply depressing day, we feel rich because of this, because of From the Rookery End, because of Watford, because of the opportunities it's it's given us. But none of that happens if people don't listen and feedback. So thank you to absolutely everyone who's allowed us into their ears, iPods, wireless whatever it is you listen on it means a huge amount and, and thank you so much to everyone who's listened whether you've listened once whether you've listened to everyone for the last 10 years it means a, it means a, a great great deal so thank you very much and it's not all doom and gloom come on you horns yeah!